0: Have people just talk and share with. Why don't you open your Bible if you've got it with you in 1 John 1 and uh, verse, 5 through to, uh, verse 5 through to verse 9. I just want to speak on ruling the darkness in our own heart. And uh, of course, this message is for the person next to you. So tell them, well, you even need to listen up. This is no doubt for you. Because we're all okay, mate. <laughs> we're all okay. We're all okay. <laughs> So uh, let's just read it now and see if I pick it up now. And uh, he said, This is the message which you've heard from him and declare to, to you. Here it is God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say, in other words, we're all talk, that we actually walk with God and have fellowship with him, but in truth we walk in darkness, we're actually lying and not practicing the truth. He's talking about being deceived as to your true condition. So he's saying, if we say we fellowship with God, and have a relationship with God, but actually our walk, what we're living, is in the darkness then we're only fooling ourselves, because it's not the truth So what he's saying is that fellowship with God always is revealed in how we walk before men Powerful isn't it eh? It says if we have fellowship with him, walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth But if we walk in the light as he is in the light So now if we have a transparent life, I love those Statements so I made transparency and teamwork, and what was the other one? Trust. Oh, man, that's great. That was great, Steve. And uh, I wrote it down. I thought, I'll think about that. That's very good. So notice here, but so if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus Christ, because Son cleanses us from all sins. So here's an interesting thing that the benefits of walking transparently or walking in the light, whatever that means, are twofold. One is that there is intimacy and authentic relationship. And The second is that if we've got failures and mistakes, there's a cleansing okay? The blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins We're not just talking then about forgiveness of sins See, forgiveness and cleansing are two different things He said, if we confess our sins, verse 9, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness So why don't we just have a talk about differently forgiving, forgiving and cleansing Forgiving means the legal guilt associated with our failure That gives demonic spirits right to rule or access our life, that legal guilt is broken just in the moment of repenting, confessing. But cleansing has to do with the impact of sin in our life and the shame and the embarrassment that we carry. And what he's saying really is this if we practice transparency, the benefits are we build intimate relationships and there's a cleansing continually take place no matter what's happened, what's going on in our life. Cleansing is very, very effective So darkness in the Bible always is synonymous with demons, or pretty well always, not every time, but most times Darkness is a doorway for demons So darkness is a state where we hide things, cover things, have secrets Darkness is a state, it's a way of living Where things are covered and secret and hidden away Uh, It's where demons have legal right to traffic our life Now this is a thing that a lot of people don't understand They don't understand that demons are really quite restricted where they can have their activity and it is to where there is darkness or where we breach the law, break the law and sin against God. And in those areas of our life, they have legal right, legal access. So the spirit world works on law. Break the law and the demons have right to move in. And then once they've moved in, they enhance and increase the pressure in our life. So you want to try and help us to find some strategies out of all of that. So they have legal ground So what I've observed is that many people in church come to meetings, come to uh, you know, revival meetings, come to seminars, whatever, and they get a breakthrough So they've had a wonderful time, we got blessed Today will be the same Well I was blessed, and got touched, and God inspired me But it's what happens tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after That's what determines For most people, their breakthrough's never kept more than about, uh, some it's less than a week, some it's maybe up to three weeks It has to be followed by a change in what we do and so he's saying very clearly here that walking in the light actually is the way we address the issue of dealing with the darkness in our life. We have to have relationships and we have to become transparent. You can't do it any other way. That's why many of the guys here have gotten a group. You'll find just, although it's a little awkward when you start, once you build trust and start to just talk about life, just the talking about life and its wrestles and its struggles disempowers what's going on behind it. And so, most of us, when we have a struggle in our life, it's trying to handle it alone is what magnifies its emotional and spiritual impact around us. The moment you talk and share about it, often that's all it takes. You've just unloaded it, the person doesn't even have to help you often, and there it is. You can actually, you've got it off your chest, you've got it in the light, and that breaks the power. So, for example, when Elijah was pursued by Jezebel, his strategic mistake was to shut down and isolate. When he did that, he lost his total positioning and authority as a king or as a prophet in the nation. Jesus, when faced with similar pressure, consciously drew people in to share what was going on in his world and get them to pray with him. So, this is a very, very powerful principle of people just standing with you and praying with you. So, light is where you're willing to be uh, transparent, it's where we're willing to be known for who we are. In other words, There's no image being put up The world is obsessed with things looking good So it's all about image, how you present yourself Looking good, making sure that no negative aspects come out But what it does is, it actually is an image, because the reality is completely different And it takes a lot of energy to keep an image up You've really got to work at keeping an image up If you become authentic, I've got some great strengths in my life I've got some appalling weaknesses, and I've got some rough edges that's who I am, and I want to be known for who I am, not for known as some super person, super spiritual person or so on who's got no problems That's not real And uh, in, in, in church, what often happens is, a, is, a, is an experienced minister or a Holy Ghost anointed minister will be put on a pedestal because people want to have someone that's kind of perfect because that's what they're wanting to look at, but actually the reality is none of us are like that I'm not like that and where are you going to find someone like that? And so when you raise someone up into that kind of pedestal, they become an idol in your life, and real people just don't behave in a perfect way. They just actually are just people. So it's great to be able to be authentic. Now, the issue of walking in the light doesn't mean you blab everything to everyone. Uh, Jesus did not entrust his heart to many people. Although he loved everyone, he did not entrust his personal life to them. So it tells us in John that Jesus was, uh, the crowd wanted to make him king It said he did not entrust himself to them So entrusting your life, uh, you only entrust your life to people where they have demonstrated faithfulness in the small measures you've given to them So the work of building those kind of relationships is quite a work, because you've got to build uh, a fellowship together, and it's a bit superficial, and you begin to share a little more, trust begins, and as you experiment in sharing a bit more of your life and find you meet an environment where people are trustworthy and they're reliable and they don't betray you, you can share more of your life The hardest um, things to keep us walking in the light are where we've entered a relationship and have been betrayed by people sharing our secrets with someone else that, That's something when you experience it shuts you down and it'll, it'll isolate you and keep you in the darkness if you don't make the effort to resolve the issue and start to stretch out again. So, we all need that. So, the principle is very clear walking in the light is intimacy. I become known for who I am. I'm not some super person. This is just who I am. Here's some great things. Here's some other things. Here's what I'm struggling with right now. Yeah, it'd be great to say that I felt God all the time, but I don't. It'd be great to say I heard Him all the time, but I don't. It'd be great to say I had all the answers, but I don't. It'd be nice to say all those things. The real life is not like that at all. Real life is there are uncertainties in our journey. I have had uncertainties that have been major over the years I still have them at times, and sometimes I just don't know what to do That's how life really is for all of us Now it's, it's not comfortable when we start to talk like this, because it removes an illusion of somehow a perfect life, and that's what we want to have one of those, so we, I could be like that, but the real life, only Jesus is like that For the rest of us, we're people and So we can stand up in our office, stand up in what God's given us, stand up as a king But we need to actually build authentic relationship and be transparent, because things thrive in the dark Now, so we see then, darkness are the things where we cover over, conceal, they give demons access So what kinds of things thrive in darkness? Well there's all sorts of things thrive Fears, injustices, offences, hurts, misunderstandings, wrong beliefs, wrong perspectives, all of those thrive when you're isolated Those things diminish when you connect and uh, So one of the things then is, we have a look in 1 Samuel chapter 15 You cannot rule what you won't acknowledge Pretty obvious, but I don't need to say it all the same You can't rule what you won't acknowledge So if you're going to be a king, and you want to have dominion over your life, you can't, you'll never rule what you don't acknowledge So if you've got an issue in your life, and you won't acknowledge it, you can never have dominion over it You will live in defeat and it's your denial that causes that. So, if I'm going to have dominion over any aspect of my life, any aspect of my personal life, then I have to actually be able to be real and to face the reality of it and take ownership of it. If you have a look here in 1 Samuel chapter 15, I'll just give you, I won't go through all of it. I just want to pick a few highlights on it. And this is Saul. Now I want you to see now. Saul, verse one. Samuel said to Saul. The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel Now listen to what God has to say, and notice he's been anointed a king, so we're anointed kings Notice what he said, now it's God put you to be a king, listen to what God has to say This is not about opinions, it's actually about fulfilling God's mandate for your life so he said, "Listen, wait he said." So he said, "This is what the Lord says: I want you to punish. I'm going to punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, ambushing him on the way up from Egypt. So now go and utterly attack Amalek, destroy all they have, man. Don't spare anything, man, woman, everything. The whole lot goes." So he gathered, and away he went there. And then, verse seven, he attacked the Amalekites. Verse eight, he took the king alive. So he never dealt with the root or the core of the problem. And The rest of the things he destroyed, kept all the people, he destroyed the people with the edge of the sword, but, he, but they spared Agag and the best of the sheep and oxen and fatlings and lambs, It was good, unwilling to destroy them, everything despised and worthless, that they destroyed So you've got the picture now He had a kingly assignment given The assignment came from God You are a king, but you don't live for yourself, you live as a servant king on assignment You have some things God wants you to do, and only he can tell you what they are to do now you notice what, he held back from addressing the root, he spared the king I wonder what issues in your life, you're doing a good thing, you've got rid of the obvious things, so I don't gamble, and I don't smoke, and I don't do this and that But you've got other things God is trying to deal with, and you won't go there and deal with them Maybe it's just a root of self centeredness Maybe it's a root of fear not obvious to everyone, but God's saying I want you to deal with that issue, and you say "Well, I'll do a little bit, and maybe if I just do a little bit, that'll be enough You know, Perhaps it's an area of your finances, and God's wanting to bring the whole financial area of your life under order, and what you've done is you've just um, dealt with the obvious things that are wrong, but actually the rest of it you still haven't brought it into order You still haven't dealt with the real problem trusting God with money You just decorated the finances a bit. Or perhaps it 's an error in your marriage, and you haven 't dealt with the root issue that 's there, you 've just made a few little changes, but actually the real problem has never been looked at or addressed. This is, this is what this is kind of about. And so what happened was, uh, when he came back to the prophet, the prophet was uncomfortable. You need prophets around your life. You need people around your life who can ask you the hard question. And so he came back. And notice what he said in verse 13. He said to Saul, He said, Hey, blessed are you of the Lord. Hallelujah, glory. He said, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. I've just come back and done a great thing. So he's quite convinced he's doing fine. But Samuel said, How come I can hear the bleating of the sheep? And he said, Weren't you told to get rid of them? Oh, oh. So what happened is this He had someone prophetic in his life to just speak to him and confront him in the inconsistency between what he said and what he did All of us need people that can help us face the inconsistencies in what we say and what we do Now you don't all have a prophet come to your life, you just need some relationships where people know you, and they can say to you straight, hey, you said you were going to do this, you didn't do it We all need that, just to help keep you on track, to help keep you out of the darkness Because when you say things and don't do them, you go into darkness real quick so notice what happens, that what's happened is someone has said to him, you were told to do something, you had an assignment, you didn't do it Immediately, he blames the people, and he finds all kinds of There's a whole list of excuses He minimises it, excuses it, blames someone else and Then in the end he puts it down and says, well I was afraid I wonder if there's issues in your marriage, and you're just making excuses not to dress it and to deal with it Because you're afraid of what the consequences might be. Or if there's issues in finance or in some other area of your life and you're just not touching it because, one, you just got it's blame this or that, and you made all the reasons, but actually God's saying, no, none of those reasons cut it. I just want you to deal with this issue at this time. And so what he did was he kept making excuses, and in the end, it turned out all he wanted to do was to look good in front of people. He didn't actually want to address the issue. When he finally came up and said, I've sinned, but now come and worship with me, stay here and make it all look good in front of the people, his whole heart was exposed. He was not interested in getting right with God. He just wanted to be popular with people. Now this is a real easy area to fall into, is to want to be liked by people and not deal with the issues in our life of walking in character and integrity. And it cost him his kingship. God stripped away his right to rule, because he would not acknowledge what was an obvious problem in his life Now you find this in many places in the Bible where kings refused to acknowledge an issue It cost them the kingship Cost them their ability to stay and remain to be productive in the role God called them to Very, very important things to learn So, For example 2 Chronicles 26, there's a guy called Uzziah and Uzziah was doing really well, prayed, blessed God, uh, sought the Lord, and then when he got Really successful, he got lifted up in pride and then he said, I want to become a priest. And the Bible says, Valiant men withstood him. Isn't that a great sound? Valiant men withstood him. We all need valiant men to be able to stand up and look in our eyes and talk to us about stuff. See, Paul said, I withstood Peter to his face because he was to be blamed. So, biblical confrontation is about having relationships. Where people can speak in where our lives are inconsistent and help us address what we need to address. It's not that it happens all the time, you don't need a lot of it, but it's just having the relationship helps keep you in the clean, keeps you out there, keeps you accountable. And of course, Uzziah just, when he was confronted, just got angry. So when the last time someone spoke into your life, how did you respond? Make excuses, minimize, say you were doing fine, cover it over, blame someone else. Or did you just get angry and try and intimidate it? When someone tried to talk into you, how did you respond? Or more specifically, when your wife tried to point out something, how did you respond? See this is, this is how real life works out, so the principles are all in there It costs you your kingship and leadership to not be willing to address the darkness in your own life We just have to be willing to go there, and who knows, it can be uh, a friend talks to us. Our wife talks to us. One of our kids talked to us. You know, I've had my kids come and say, "Daddy," and then and I, oh my, <laughs> one of my girls. Oh, she wrote me a letter. It was a scorcher, but it was okay. It was good. I needed to hear it, and it was she needed to say it, and we, we were able to be closer afterwards. Uh, I just needed to face that there were some things I needed to put right and work out with her. This real life. You have to deal with the darkness, otherwise it grows. So if you have a family culture or your relational network is we can't talk about problems or issues, then you really are walking in darkness, because the ability to talk about issues and anything that's troubling us is part of walking in the light, and when you do it, it breaks its power, it stops demons working, and we actually have really good connection and relationship So a, a real choice that you need to make as a king is if there are issues or things going on in my life or uh, then I need to be willing to address it, number one, and two, have I built any relationships where I can be open, and if things are raised, I'm free to talk about them myself, or bring them to the surface, and others are free to talk about them and bring them to the surface Now that's why having a great relationship with your wife, you can talk about stuff or being in a men's group where you can share things together, is very, very important, and uh, it just helps So. So some keys to ruling the darkness in your life. and darkness in our life can come from a whole range of things. It could be just hidden sins, things we've got going on, anger and resentment and bitterness, and most of the time you don't see it. Someone else sees it, though. Uh, um, uh, unresolved conflicts is a common one, uh, where there's areas where there's pain or grief. Um, and, and we need to find a way to solve it, to to, to recognize things. Will we cover up lacks. You know, I found guys try to pretend to be better than they are. I've seen people that just try to present that they're very successful and actually they're on the verge of bankruptcy. But I've seen them still try to look good. In other words, probably this desire to look good has led them to be bankrupt. Financial mismanagement follows behind very strongly trying to look good and buy stuff that you can't afford. Uh, Another, so, covering up lacks and pretending to be somewhere we're not, or just the shame of secret failures in our past or whatever. All of these things are areas of darkness, struggles we may have, these kind of things. So, so what am I going to do to have dominion over the darkness in my life? How do I have dominion over it? So, there's a number of things you can do. So, I'll give you several things that you can do which will help. And uh, not necessarily in order of importance, but that each part of them contributes to you having a strategy as a king that you will rule the darkness in your life You see, coming to freedom retreats is great but it's not ruling the darkness, it's just breaking the darkness To rule it, you have to establish habits and patterns that are different Thought patterns and behaviour patterns, and we need relationships to help us do that So anyway, how do we deal with this stuff? The thing to realise is that when we've got issues going on in our heart, they have energy They have spiritual energy Sin actually has an energy in it The Bible talks that the works of the flesh, or sin energises the flesh So sinful activities, or bondages, or blockages, or issues in our heart, they actually have an energy that resists the life of the spirit You have to realise that Now the Holy Ghost himself, what I was trying to do in the last session was to get you to stir up your spirit man so you'd feel the energy of God rising up Now it's normal to be able to have that energy with us all the time, but other stuff de-energises you And particularly if you've got unresolved struggles in your heart, actually what happens is it can push against you, and keep you low energy and passive and shut down So how can we deal with that? Well number one, I believe an important part of dealing with darkness in our heart is continually draw near to God, continually draw near to Him in prayer Isaiah came near to Him, and it, it, he became aware of issues in his life just being in the presence of God, so it's a conscious decision to seek to build out the presence of God in our life. You know, we talked about the strong praying in tongues, the attitude of gratitude, but to become conscious of God. When you come into a meeting on Sunday, don't just come and sort of half-heartedly clap a few things. Just pray strongly and activate, so your whole inner man comes alive. We engage God in our spirit, but if your body's heavy, your spirit is flat and it stays under your body and it stays contained by your body and soul. So I do think, you'll notice I move in meetings. I move because I want to keep alive. Sitting down, you de energized So I get up, I move. Why? Because moving the body just helps the flow from within. Now, the Bible tells very clearly your spirit's got a whole number of functions. One of the functions your spirit has is this, keeps your body alive. So it must be important, your spirit your spirit departs, your body dies If your spirit gets wounded, your body gets sick And The Bible says that your spirit is the lamp of the Lord In other words, that your spirit illuminates your mind as to what's going on inside you So if you don't listen to your spirit, you can't pick up stuff So the first thing to do is to actually purpose that I'm going to build a strong prayer life where I am actually energised and alive and feel the flow of God in my life now for example, the Bible says, "You are one spirit with the Lord." So when you stir up and flow from your spirit, the anointing flows with you. That's why when I got you moving your body, praying strongly in tongues, starting to activate, you start to come alive, and your energy level just comes up like that. Now you give yourself to doing that, you'll energize body, soul and spirit, and you start to become tuned, aware of God's thoughts. God ideas, God things, So the number one thing. I think it's just building a conscious commitment to come near to God, because I tell you why If there's darkness in your life, the first thing to go is your connection with God Somehow you draw back there, so keep that alive, that's the first thing Second thing is, learn to listen to uh, impressions of the Holy Spirit Learn to listen to impressions of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit can identify for you blocks and pressures and and, uh, areas of darkness in your life and uh, he, can, he can show you patterns of sin, patterns of temptation, areas of avoidance. So he can show you those things. So, for example, I try to keep alive in my spirit. So, I'm driving down the road, I become aware of what I sense and feel. And if I have an unusual sense or feeling, I actually try to name it so that I'm aware what is there. So, for example, I observed that I had a meeting, I had a couple of meetings to go to, and I observed quite a resistance in me about those meetings. I had no idea why. They were not unpleasant meetings. There's no conflict situation, nothing like that. It's just there was inside me like a resistance. There was there was an energy pushing against me wanting to do this thing. And so I thought, what is that? What is resisting me doing what actually is a part of what I do? And then I began to look and say, Holy Spirit, show me what is there. And then I realized I had an area of disappointment and an area of fear. And just if I hadn't noticed the reserve and inquired, I'd never have known what the issue was. So I've learned to listen to the impressions within your spirit. And if you're not sensitive and develop in that area, practice. Fasting can help you because it just sensitizes you. And if you still can't pick anything up, then let the guys around you talk to you and tell you Say, listen guys, I'm pretty thick when it comes to any of this stuff If you see anything, talk to me well, that's At least he got someone talking to you <laughs> That's a big help, really it's a, you have, you've, you've just got to see, if we're committed to walk in the light That we've got to do the things that'll keep us in the light So one is continually working to draw near to God And anything that resists that flow of his presence Be alert to it and contend with it Try to find what's resistant Second one is become aware of impressions you have. Now, for example, I had a, uh, um, I was just listening to a tune. And as I was listening to the tune, I suddenly felt tears start to come to my eyes. I thought, why am I crying? What is, what is this emotion I'm feeling? And I could feel the presence of grief. And then I realized, well, is it something I'm hearing in the tune? No, it wasn't something I'm hearing in the tune. Well, what is it? So I just began to then. As I was just praying in tongues, just allowed the grief to flow, said, Holy Spirit, show me where it's coming from, and then gradually I become aware of an area of disappointment and grief and sorrow and lack, and so it it was just like a little flash, just like that So I then, when I had more time, spent some time in the presence of God, said now God, show me what that is I remembered what I'd been thinking and feeling, and then I become aware of it I had another experience. I was in prayer and I was just pushing into God, pushing into God, pushing in prayer and, and beginning to declare His word over my life. And suddenly just saw a picture. And I saw a picture of me and I saw a soldier in, dressed in armour, uh, or dressed, you know, and, and the Roman soldier is pretty armoured up in the front, but the back wasn't so much. And I saw, and he wasn't standing up, he was down on one knee and there were lots of arrows in his back. And suddenly, I felt grief come, just like that. And I was in a place where I couldn't pursue it any further. So, about a week ago, I just uh, got into. I decided I'd go near to God and then push into that place again. So I did just pray my sermon up in tongues, and I began to remember what I had seen and consciously pushed to see more. And as soon as I did it, I was back there and getting the vision again. And now I could feel what it is, and I could feel judgments, accusations, criticisms coming from behind my back coming against me and I'd been affected by it emotionally. I began to weep and weep and weep. And then I began to see where they came from. Isn't that amazing. And so I just prayed and blessed the people, forgive the people and thank God. And on Sunday when that was Saturday night, Sunday when that was last Saturday night, and Sunday morning when I was in the worship, I was standing there, and as I was worshiping, just up beside Sue, suddenly again I saw that same picture, except this time I saw Jesus take his hand and go, whoosh, down my back like that, and every arrow fell off. And Then I saw him hold his hand on my back, and I saw myself just stand up again, just like that, and I felt the strength come into me, just like that Now now the thing is not so much what happened, the thing is how you go about engaging what's going on in your life You have to become aware of the flows of energy inside you The Holy Ghost energises you, sin de-energises or resists you So being aware of Pressures inside you, resistance inside you, fears inside you, sensations inside you is how you become aware of what's going on in your world. Apart from someone just looking in your eye and telling you, suck, what you're doing is bad, you know, well, that, that helps. It's easier that way, but however, it's a bit painful too. So, you become aware of it. And uh, so, anytime you're feeling a resistance, notice I am feeling resistance in this area. What is that resistance? What is causing it? What do I need to do to get through it? This helps you get things in the light, just talk about it Even as staff, as we talk about things See, sometimes we'll, we'll, there'll be something we're sort of in the process of trying to decide and, and everyone's not on the same page But as we begin to talk, it all comes out, and then we start to see the answer It's like all the stuff goes, and then you've got the answer there, and it wasn't hard at all Wonderful to do that Very important to do that uh, And uh, If we don't do that, then you sit on stuff, and it builds Here's a third thing you can learn to do Learn to identify roots that energise the problems Behind most of the problems we have is inevitably a spiritual root of some kind In other words, the things that affect us negatively in the natural have origins in the spiritual So uh, for example, many problems can only be solved by dealing with the spiritual root of it Say, For example, if you have an issue of unforgiveness in your heart if you deny it, and say no, I've gotten over it, I moved on, I got over it, but actually you've still got the sin in your heart, or if you just blame someone else, no, it's their issue, their problem If you've just done all those things, and you haven't acknowledged it, actually no, there is a resistance in me to loving that person There must be an issue in my heart So the issue unforgiveness, you can call it whatever you like, but in the end it is sin, and it is a spiritual root, and it does de-energise you So if you don't actually go there and remove the energy block, then you've got a problem and In the end, your Christian life is incredibly hard to run, because there's no life, no energy in it That's why a lot of people are de-energised all the time, they don't quickly deal with stuff and stay in the flow of the Spirit, so therefore there's like a lack of energy, lack of life all around them So I have found that it helps, there's a whole number of ways you can deal with stuff One way you could go and get counsel and help, that helps, but why don't you decide Firstly, you're going to probe, and look, and pray to see if you can find out what the root is Here's a few things you could ask yourself The first thing is, is this a generational issue? Is this kind of thing I'm struggling with? Is this something that's been in my family? Did my father and mother have that same kind of thing? Is this a generational thing? If it's a generational thing, I need to renounce the generational curse, whatever's behind it, and break it off my life If If I'm repeating a pattern in my family, this is generational, I just need to acknowledge the energy is a generational thing. It's a spiritual power running down through the family. I just need to cut it off. Okay? Second thing is, is this just a habit that I've got? I've developed a bad habit of sin. It's a sin habit in my life, and I've never really deeply repented of it. I've never really seen how badly it affects me. I've just indulged it and then minimized that it was a problem. Oh, that's just me, you know the Irish anger, you know, all that kind of stuff. Found a way of explaining away what actually isn't right. It's a sin. So, is it something that I've continually sinned in and I need to really deeply repent, maybe have a season of fasting and pray? Is it a sin that just needs repent and confession? Uh, Have I got an attachment? The Bible talks about the Psalter attachments or defiling attachments. Am I attached to someone or something? And this is where the problem is. So, for example, I have had, I remember praying for one lady, and her problem was that she had never faced and admitted the grief properly. And resolved over the loss of her husband, she was still soul tied to a husband who was dead for years. She was there was a bonding in her soul to this and there was this death flowing into her all the time. The moment she recognized actually it's about my husband I've never let go, we broke the soul tie, she was free straight away. Sometimes we have attachments. Do you realize that many times when people come here to church, they still have soulish attachments to the other churches? and they never ever become successful in integrating into the DNA and life flow here, until they break the attachments and become free to establish themselves Some people leave here, but never really leave They leave, but they haven't really left, because they're still locked in and have never let go, Never broken the attachments so they can replant somewhere else Some of you may have been in relationships in the past and The memories of it, the feelings of it, the thoughts about it, the passions of it start to come back from time to time It's because you've never cut the tie that keeps you connected back there You can Maybe you're a married man, and you've had an affection for someone you've seen on television, or something in pornography, or some other woman or whatever, and there's this draw constantly there There's a soul tie, there's a pulling towards this person You've got to recognise it's there, and cut it off So is this something it's generational? Is this something that's just a pattern in my life? Is this something I need to cut off? Consciously, cut it off. Sometimes there are things like that. You'd be surprised how much. Uh, another thing you might, might, uh, you might like to ask yourself, is this just uh, a belief system? Is it something to do with what I believe? I've got negative beliefs or bitter expectations in my heart. I, I've got a negative belief. So for example, if you believe I am of no value. You will operate out of a spirit of rejection consistently, and constantly find you can't really arise to express who you are as a person, because it's always this belief system, I've got no value So what you believe in your heart will affect the flow of your life If you believe I've got no value, then you'll never present yourself as a king How can you? Your belief system is energy draining you and stopping you going forward If you believe I'm a failure, or believe I'm no good, or believe I was never wanted That's a powerful thing that you were sharing before You know, you were a mistake Now if, you, if a young person hears the words from a parent, you're a mistake, and they, it goes into their heart, I'm a mistake Now that belief system, I'm a mistake, is going to affect everything they do I'm a mistake, and so I wonder if everything I do goes wrong And There's a whole cycle of resistance, of blessing flowing, and a resistance to kingly rule it's going to be there until you deal with the belief, and often, sometimes you need God to help us bring the belief systems up so, so what I look for, is I look for the negative energies, or the resistances, or the unusual emotions that give witness that something is going on Most guys push it down and get on, and they miss the opportunity to explore the darkness in their heart open it to the lord and deal with it they say, oh, get over it you know and some may have been brought up in a culture which is going to shut up you know get over it don't guys don't cry and uh, and so like for example we found up in uganda they they publicly circumcise the boys at around about 13 or something so they get all the men together go up in the bush do all this kind of stuff but it's all done publicly i don't know what you would think about that but I'm thinking major trauma here that I would never get over for the rest of my life And here's an interesting thing, you find the boys are shut down on the inside emotionally They're shut down because of the trauma, and the soul tied to that trauma So sometimes we've had painful experiences, and we're still locked back to it because we've never grieved and dealt with it, and we're still soul tied or joined into the trauma So it helps to just know what to ask these are, what I've done is given you a few things that you can just ask You may have made inner vows Well I'll never let anyone get near me, I'll never let anyone uh, touch my life again I'll never let any woman get near to me All of those things come out of pain, they come out of pain and What they do is, if you don't resolve them, they are energy drains in your life that stop you or keep you in darkness, that's all The way it affects you is it affects you in the area of intimacy, because remember, if we walk in the light Intimacy is the product, so these things present, prevent us becoming known for who we are, and constantly frustrate us in our kingly role, so if we're going to have dominion over them, we have to number one, draw near to the Lord, number two, we need to actually listen to the Holy Ghost impressions, and identify if there are any spiritual roots that are behind it Once you've done that, the rest is easy You've just got to engage in a warfare, and there's all kinds of weapons, repentance is a weapon you know, humility and just admitting something's wrong, confessing, is, is there a weapon of war. Uh, renouncing things as a weapon of war, cutting soul ties as a weapon of war, forgiving people as a weapon of war, even grieving. So I found in one of the situations I become aware of, I just needed to grieve. I was full of grief and hadn't faced my grief because I had to keep going and had to lead and had to do all kinds of other things. I had a, a situation when my father died. And uh, I was overseas at the time And I had to come back to the funeral And uh, it was a very difficult time He had a brain tumour And I'd been praying that, uh, he would, uh, that I'd not be away when he died And uh, So anyway, he died when I was away Which was unfortunate Sometimes we just don't get what we want And so I came back But when I came back There was quite a bit of turmoil going on And major conflict in, in two of the leaders in the church And so when I came back I couldn't enter into the grieving process at the funeral, because my mind and emotions were full with some of the tensions of what was going on, and how to resolve it So I went through the whole process of the funeral without grieving properly So guess what happens? I've got my heart loaded up with grief about my father's death And it was a year before I could resolve it Some people, they just don't resolve it easily many, many times and So a year later I decided, I think I've still never grieved right I need to deal with this, and the Holy Ghost just, just the impression came up to deal with it So I just went to the grave, and I just began to stand there, began to think about my dad and what I missed about him, and then all of the grief came up, and it was over It was resolved, just like that So people live with these things, and they de-energise us And if we don't deal with them, then, you, then there's major issues There's a movie I just took joy to see called um, Oranges and Sunshine uh, it's just on currently at the moment it's a, it's a true story based on the deportation of about 130,000 children They were taken away from their families Often the families thought the children were dead Or the children were told the parents were dead And they were deported to Australia as well as other places And then years later, a woman, that, and it, was, it took place in the 50s, 60s, 70s Only stopped in the 70s And, uh, and, and what happened was a, a social worker found out about it, and began to explore it When she came out to Australia, she was at a camp where they had many of these kids now growing up, and she asked them who would like to know a little bit about their roots, and she was surrounded by people, grieving because they didn't know who they were or where they came from, and they're all grown up, they're in the 50s See, People don't necessarily get over stuff because time has gone on You get over stuff when you get over it, when you resolve it And deal with the darkness in your life. There's one guy there, particularly, and he'd been put in a school, a religious school, and he'd been sexually abused over years, and his whole emotional life had shut down since he was a child. So this is what goes on in our lives. This is this is life. So if you want to deal with darkness in your life, number one, draw near to God, because He's the one who knows what's there, He's the one who can help you Two, learn how to listen for the impressions of the Holy Spirit for your own life, not just for everyone else, for your business and everything else Learn to listen for your own life Try to seek to identify what the roots are If you need help, go and ask for some help, and then finally you need to engage in the warfare needed, which is actually bringing the thing to the light Repenting, forgiving, releasing, cutting it off cancelling things out, renouncing things, or actually just grieving over the loss in the presence of God, so that you can let go Then you start to rise again, and start to become a different person You're able to change So sometimes the only way to keep out of darkness, or to get out of darkness, is to, spe- is to have the support of other guys, someone you can talk to, and someone you can relate to, someone you can pray with So all we're going to do is just going to have a chance to just pray right now um, I think that other men, it's really wonderful to have other men around us for one is for support to encourage you and strengthen you. Two is for accountability that someone can speak in and say, Hey, listen, I noticed this, or I noticed you got pretty wound up when we were talking about that. It's not like you to be so emotional. You got all red in the face and looked like there was a lot of anger. You know, what's going on there? And, and see, you need guys to talk to you at that kind of level. And that helps, you, helps us face stuff. And it helps us then to break out of the darkness. And uh, I've valued the people that have spoken into my life. And I've just encouraged men to be in groups of some kind. Encourage you to build with your wife, where she's able to speak into your life and say, "Hey, guys, hey, hey, I, I, I just see this in you. Can we talk about it?" Ooh, got all quiet now. The energy's <laughs> feel the energy sucking out now. You see, because for many men, they're terrified of having that kind of relationship with their wife, where she can talk openly about things she sees. Something's wrong in the marriage. It's not in the lights; in the darkness. Because it hasn't been built into intimacy, which is the goal of marriage Now sometimes for men to get to that place, there's a journey needed where you get with other guys, and you can share with other guys, and build the confidence to be able to open your heart and life at a different level If we walk in the light, now notice this walk, it's a decision and a choice to actually become a transparent kind of person, that what you see is what you get, and I can talk about anything without fear If I walk in the light just like God is in the light, then my benefits for me are actually I start to feel connected and intimate and close to God and people, and wherever I've failed, the blood cleanses me, and I walk free from the guilt, shame and the reserve of darkness that comes around it What a great blessing and benefit that is eh? Now I don't want to just get into whole ministry flow We've done that before, because I don't think that's the way God wants us to go this time What I'd like you to do is to get with one other man and say God has shown me this area of my life that I need to walk into the light, and would you pray with me? Eh? Now that takes a bit of courage If you can't start with another guy in an environment like this, when will you start? We've all got something that we could say, man I need courage, I need fear, I've got some fear in my life, I've got some uh, this in my life, or struggle in my life in this kind of area Just bring it to the light Don't get all the details, don't expose at a level beyond what's appropriate Just share, could you pray with me, and stand with me in this area I'm going to make a go for this thing and do what I can to deal with it we do that? Okay, just find another guy I want you to get the musicians up just, just get an atmosphere of worship and uh, We don't need to do this as a long, drawn out thing I've given you the keys I've given you the strategies It's just a matter of now I've actually been willing to apply them So come on, let's just stand and just worship the Lord and get in, get some, put some worship on and, and, Guys, if you could get with someone else Hello, thank you, thank you Bruce Let's just have an atmosphere of God here Get with another guy. Come on, just get into pairs. Move out of your seats. Break out of that safety barrier. Come on.